Are you recording now? Recording. <laughs> this is gonna sound weird. Things are about to get weird. Just get to the murder. I am joined here. I'm. My name is Sydney, and I'm joined here by my co-host Coconut Head, <laughs> aka Taylor. <laughs> yes. Name's Taylor. I can't be Coconut Head. My hair is blonde. Um, not brown. So I don't know. A bleached coconut, perhaps. It could be a bleached coconut or maybe the inside of the coconut, like, you know, where, where the good stuff is. You know, yeah. The shredded coconut. Look, I just got my bangs trimmed today, um, so they're looking crisp. I've learned that, you know, when you first get them done, coconut head-ish, for sure. And they're not styled. Yeah, I can really... I just feel like your new hairstyle has supplied me with so much material. The nicknames are endless. Yeah. You know, this hairstyle, it's given a lot. I at least want to keep it through Halloween. Um, even if I don't keep the bangs, like, fully for that whole time, I might let them grow out. I will be getting them back at Halloween because I will be formulating a costume somehow based on this haircut. I just have to. You know, there's just something I can do there. I don't know what, but something. All right, I'll think about it. I'll think about it. I'll see what I can help you come up with. All right. Right now, it's just the only things that are coming to mind to me right now at this very moment is Coconut Hood or Courtney Cox in that one Scream movie where she has, like, the half bangs. Okay. Yep. Yep. Uh, but, but this is not a podcast about Coconut Head <laughs> or My Bangs. As much as we want it to be. This is not a podcast where I just roast Taylor, unfortunately. Unfortunately not. It's a podcast called This Is Gonna Sound Weird. And I'm the bitch with the bangs. (laughs) And I'm the bitch that doesn't have bangs. And each week we cover a topic about all things true crime, paranormal, and everything in between. Taylor, what is our theme this week? It is Grimm's Fairy Tales. Dun dun dun. Ooh. Spooky. Yes, Grimm's Fairy Tales. Me and Taylor have both uh, in our possession the Barnes and Noble copy that looks like an old, like, kind of dusty book. It's just hella Grimm's Fairy Tales. Yeah, funny though, so. uh, our copies, while they have the same vibe, you know, they're from that, like, collection that Barnes and Noble has, our copies actually look different. I don't know why. Probably because of when we got them. That's true. I got mine, I want to say middle school or high school. Oh, yeah. I was going through the, I was going through my Barnes and Noble phase where I was like, oh my God, I'm so mysterious. And well, I go to Barnes and Noble. I guess I'm still in it uh, because <laughs> I got mine as a wedding gift from my husband. But I mostly got it first because they look pretty and I love having pretty books on a bookshelf. But I was like, this is good material to read to my kids because, you know, I'm not going to be reading them little, I don't know. I'm not going to be reading them them little books. I'm going to be reading them stuff I liked when I was little, which includes, you know, my dad used to, when he would read me books, he wouldn't, you know, go buy the ones in the store. He would get like the big collections and just like read a story out of it. And all those are like spooky. I feel like they're always spooky. So that's what I'm going to do. I feel that. I feel that. Um... I just really want to traumatize some children, whether they be mine or not. I just want to read them and just 
give them trauma right out the gate. And see, it, in all my trauma, the books that I was read as a kid, not a part of it. Honestly, very fond, very fond memories of those books. I mean, I guess we were just a little spooky as kids. We always have been. So if I have a kid that's not drawn to the spooky, I'll be very disappointed in them. Very. My biggest disappointment in them will be that they don't like spooky stuff. Send them back. They didn't come from me. I don't know whose they are. They must have got switched to the hospital. They must have. <laughs> <laughs> that ain't my kid. Mm-mm. She said, I'm scared. I don't want to watch Freddy versus Jason at age four. <laughs> God, shut up. I don't think I've ever watched you'll, that. You'll watch it and you'll like it. <laughs> Yeah, so my mom was the one who, she was the true crime gal, so I watched true crime with her, and she let me watch true crime, and then my dad was, like, the horror guy, uh, so he let me do, like, the horror movies, like, you know, Freddy Krueger, all that, so I really had the best of both worlds, and I, I enjoyed it greatly. My dad is everything. True crime, paranormal, he loves to watch shows where they try to find Bigfoot. Lord, <laughs> I hope they, I hope they find him just for his sake. He's really... Hold it out. Hope every every time he watches, he's like, "This is a good episode, Sydney." I think they go. I think they go find something. It's like that. What's that one show? Like something, the Oak Island Treasure Show or something, where they've been searching for that dang treasure. And I'm like, how long can this show go on when they if they never go find that treasure for 15 years? I hope they find it because every dad in America is holding out hope. See, I couldn't watch that if they're never gonna find anything. I just don't care. I don't care about the journey. (laughs) <laughs> I just I just want to know Did they find it? I just want to know um, speaking, of the, speaking of the journey People probably don't care about our chit chat So please, <laughs> Taylor, tell me about your fairy tale So My fairy tale is one that If you know fairy tales, you'll know And it is that of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs So, these are my never sources heard, Never heard of it Oh, wow um, Have you been living under a rock? Anyways, so Snow White. Uh, these are my sources. <laughs> Beano.com. <laughs> uh, like Beano, take Beano before and now Beano gas. Um, <laughs> so yeah, Beano.com <laughs> by the Beano Facts team. Uh, Wikipedia.com. Elgiva.com. The history of Snow White. Grunge.com, just Snow White, the messed up origins of Disney's classic movie, and that was by Asher Cantrell. So, yeah. Honestly, I don't even know what I got from, no, I do know what I got from Bino.com. <laughs> that will come at the end. Evidently not. Evidently <laughs> not gas. Uh, I bought some hum nutrition supplements recently to help with my digestion. It says it will help you keep a flatter tummy and have better digestion. So, I'll let you know if it works. It's their highest selling product. It was kind of expensive. It was like 40 bucks for a bottle that lasts you 30 days. So, um, I was in. I was in a mood. (laughs) Best of luck on your... Thank you. Best of luck on your bowels. Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs uh, is one of the fairy tales included in the Brothers Grimm collection, which was originally published in 1812, is what I read. Um, Honestly... I thought that it would have been published way earlier than this, uh, but I think it's just because when I think of the stories, I just think of them being, like, a long time ago and uh, and not, you know, a world that we know. Um, But 
the original German uh, collection of these stories, Snow White, obviously it's in German. So Snow White is called Sneewitchen, which is German for Snow White. I'm sure I said that <laughs> totally wrong. Sneewitchen. It's spelled S-N-E-E-W-I-T-T-C-H-E-N. So that's as good as you're going to get out of me. Um, ah, yeah. Obviously, uh, the fairy tales in the Brothers Grimm collection became wildly popular, and Walt Disney was especially fond of them. So, in 1937, Snow White became the subject of the very first Disney feature film called Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Um, so, some fun facts, a little fun facts about the movie. So, in the Disney version of Snow White, you know, the dwarves all have names. They were named Bashful, Doc. Dopey, Grumpy, Happy, Sleepy, and Sneezy. Now, in the original story, the dwarves do not have names. Um, the Brothers Grimm did not name them. Uh, they didn't actually get their names until 1912, uh, when the story was brought to Broadway. And at the time, the dwarves were named Blick, Glick, Snick, Plick, Wick, and Quee. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Quee. Oh, yes. <laughs> My, also the names of my favorite. So Queen is clearly the odd man out. I assume that Queen would be the equivalent of Dopey, or yeah, because he's always the one like hanging out in the back. But you know, it does does a dwarf named Dopey hold up these days? Probably not. Um, but I didn't create this story, so I never really realized that Snow White was a Broadway show before it was a, like, movie. So, the Broadway show was super popular that it was the basis for a silent film, which was just called Snow White, which created was created in 1916. Um, and Walt Disney actually saw this film at the age of 18, and this is one of the reasons that he was inspired to recreate the story, but animate it. So, like... I need to get my hands on this silent film to see what was so great about it to inspire him. <laughs> now, we're all version. I've, I'm hopped up on Sundrop today, people. Uh, <laughs> and I had to go to DMV this morning, so I had to wake up really early. Um, so I'm really trying my best to speak. So, the version of Snow White. Thank you, I'm trying my best. The version of Snow White that we're familiar with, or a lot of us, you know, is the Disney version. I feel like most people probably have not read the Grimm's version. So, obviously, in this version, in the Disney version, there's an evil queen that, honestly, I didn't even realize was supposed to be her stepmother. But it's supposed to be her stepmother. Uh, you know, I watched, like, half of the Snow White movie the other day because I was like, maybe I should watch it to prepare. We know how I feel about movies. I already know what's going to happen. It's just not going to keep my attention. Uh, but I did watch a little bit of it just to kind of get the vibes. I can't do the Disney version. This is a really hot take. I cannot stand her voice. And it's very annoying to me. Uh, the, and ironically enough, Walt Disney made the actress who played oh, Snow I White know. sign like a contract. And so she could never use she could never use her it's voice true. again. So I had a few fun facts else. at the end. That was one of them. It was the least fun of the fun facts. Uh, but yes, it was that she could not play anyone else. It did say she played a small part in, like, Wizard of Oz. But it was, like, just her voice. And she didn't actually play a character. But I also read, you know, it sounded like she didn't really mind uh, that much that she was known as Snow White. Because apparently she really loved the movie, blah, blah, blah. 
But obviously Hollywood back then was garbage, so like, not great. It would not hold up today, people. No. Uh, I mean, I'm grateful because, as I've stated before, I do not enjoy her voice. So I'm glad that she did not, you know, grace television <laughs> screens elsewhere. But Walt Disney did that for sucks you. Sucks for her career. Just for you. He did it for all of us. He did it for us. Um. So, in Snow White, the movie, the evil queen slash stepmother, you know, she's like, ask the magic mirror, you know, who's the fairest in the land? And the mirror's like, well, it is Snow White. And so she's like, okay, you need to go. You know, she tells the huntsman, you got to go kill Snow White, bring your heart back. And that's how the queen's going to know Snow White's dead. So the huntsman goes out. He doesn't kill Snow White. Snow White stumbles into the woods after the huntsman basically like scares her she stumbles into a lot of dancing and helpful animals and then she stumbles into a house meets all the dwarves um you know at this point the queen's like okay snow white's dead cool but the mirror's like uh actually nah uh snow white ain't dead and she's still cuter than you um (laughs) (laughs) so the queen decides that she's going to have to kill Snow White. Obviously, she goes to Snow White dressed as an old hag or an old lady. And she, you know, gets Snow White to bite this poison apple so she can die. The dwarves find Snow White. She seems dead, but they don't want to bury her. So what they do do is they put her in a glass coffin and they place her in a clearing in the woods. But the prince hears of her eternal sleep in her coffin and he goes to visit her and he kisses her, which breaks the evil queen's spell, awakens her, and then they rejoice and live happily ever after. But as you can probably guess, the original version is not quite like this. So the original version, obviously the basis of the story is similar, uh, but in the original, um, it begins actually with Snow White, you know, being born. It talks about her parents her like biological parents um and it starts out with her mother and talking about how her mother names her so her mother is sewing and while watching the snow fall out the window in the castle she accidentally pricks herself with a needle and uh some of the blood i guess lands on the windowsill and like gets on the the snow in the windowsill and she says quote if only i had a child as white as snow lips as red as blood and black as the wood in this frame Um, so basically she says this and then she has Snow White who has, you know, the black hair, the red lips, the white skin. Um, and in this version, Snow White's mom, she was like the original king in this place, no, queen in this place. And she dies during childbirth. Um, so the king remarries the evil queen and that is how Snow White gets her evil queen stepmother. So in this version, again, the mirror says, hey, you know, Snow White's cuter than you. So, the evil queen sends out the huntsman to kill Snow White. Um, you know, he goes out. He says he kills her. Um, and goes back. But in this version, the queen requests that he bring back, like, Snow White's heart, lungs, and liver. So, the huntsman goes out. He, he doesn't actually kill Snow White, you know. But he sees a boar in the woods. So, he kills the boar. And brings her back the lungs and liver and, I think, heart from the boar. And so, the queen thinks Snow White's dead. And it turns out in this story, some say that apparently the queen was planning on eating the organs that he brought back. So, you know, that's obviously not a Disney movie. But again, the mirror says, A girl, Snow White ain't dead. Um, so, the queen 
in the original version, actually tries to kill Snow White three different times rather than just the one. So the first time, she goes out dressed as an old woman, tries to kill her by putting her in a laced-up bodice, and the queen laces it so tight that it's supposed to suffocate Snow White. But luckily, the dwarves get to her in time to help her, and they untie her out of this bodice, and she doesn't die. And then, the queen, she's like, well, dang. So, she, poise, she puts poison on a comb. And so she goes back, dressed as an old lady. She knocks on the door. Snow White is like, hey, hey, uh, you're not coming in. The dwarves told me not to let nobody in. But the evil witch queen, old lady, um, convinces her. And Snow White brushes her hair with this comb. And she's knocked unconscious. But the dwarves, again, were able to revive her. So the queen, at this point, the mirror keeps saying, hey, she's still alive. So the queen, once again tries to go kill Snow White for the third time. This time, she takes the poison apple, and it's only half poisoned, um, because at this point, she really has to trick Snow White, because Snow White is very suspicious of her. So the queen goes, you know, dressed as an old lady, and Snow White does agree to let her in, but she says, you know, you have to eat half this apple, or either the queen says, I'm gonna eat half this apple to prove. So the queen eats half the apple that's not poisoned. Snow White eats the poison half, and uh, she falls into a deep coma, appearing to be dead. So, and the mirror even thinks she's dead. Like, in the story, it shows her going back, you know, the mirror thinks she's dead, too. So, at this time, when the dwarves come back, they can't revive her. And just like the movie, they do put her in a glass casket, kind of put her up on the hill. And in the, the original story, the prince kind of just comes and says, like, I want Snow White in this casket. Um... And so, his, like, servants pick up the casket, and they're going to carry it with Snow White in it back to the castle. But as they're carrying it, one of the servants trips, loses his balance, and obviously this causes Snow White to get jostled in the casket. And this jostling causes the piece of poison apple that she ate to be dislodged from her throat, and that is what brings her back to life. Not a magical kiss from your lover. Hmm. Just the Heimlich maneuver. The apple just shoots out, and the prince, apparently, he's so happy, and he just declares his love for Snow White right on the spot. And then he says, will you please marry me? <laughs> I just saw you throw like, up a piece you? of apple. Who are you? <laughs> uh, but, you know, she says, you know what, why not? So they have a wedding. They invite everyone in the land, except the evil queen. But the evil queen learns that Snow White is alive because the mirror is like, hey, sorry, you know, somebody, she's alive again. So, obviously, the queen has to go to this wedding and see what's going on. Um, and so she goes, and uh, the prince notices that the evil queen is at the um, wedding. And you know what? He decides he's going to punish her, and he puts her in a pair of red hot iron slippers and he tells her that she has to dance in them until she drops dead so that's the original story a little different a little bit more dark um and so the real question i wanted to know is is snow white based on anything real like is it based on a real story so it's been suggested that the story may have been inspired by the countess margaretha van waldeck and her alleged lover philip ii of spain so, this countess, she died in 1554, um, but as Snow White, she was, you know, known for her beauty, 
um, she had a strict stepmother. And because her stepmother, I guess, hated her so much, her father sent her to live with her uncle. And when she was sent um, to live with her uncle, she was then sent to the court of Mary of Hungary. And this is where Philip II pursued her. But the relationship was doomed from the start because Philip was Catholic and she was Lutheran. God forbid. So it was just not meant to be. But... Margarita, you know, she actually didn't live very long, um, and right before she died, she was writing letters to her father saying that she had failing health, and it's suggested that she may have actually been poisoned, and she died at just 21 years old. So, like, you know, there are aspects of that that are similar to Snow White, and the Grimm brothers could have known of that and kind of pieced it together into what we know now. Um, but another part of the story that I think was kind of weird that was, you know, a part um, of that whole little thing was that the seven dwarves may have been also based on her life as well. So Margaretha's father owned copper mines and most of the workers in the mines were children. And because of the poor working conditions and malnutrition, it's said that the children were called quote, poor dwarves. And these children would live in small groups in a single room house, just like the dwarves in Snow White. So I thought that that, on top of the other thing, was kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. And, like, I know the Grimm brothers did base their, like, stuff on real life. Like, Hansel and Gretel was, like, loosely based on just the fact that, like, food was so freaking scarce that, like, people would probably eat their own children or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and people really do believe that the dwarves were based on these mining children. And in the village of, now I'm going to butcher this, Bergfrit. That was, that was bad. It's a village in Germany, um, which was one of the mm-hmm. mine locations. Um, it's actually now called the village of um, Sneewitchen, you know, which is Snow White. So the village of Snow White, basically. Oh. Um, yeah. And actually, when I was, you know, looking at the, like, articles, in one of the articles... I saw, like, statues of dwarves in the village. So, like, they really fall into this, um, you know, narrative, which, you know, you might as well. Get get you some tourists. You do what you can. You gotta recover from COVID. Yeah. So, you know, as we know, we know the Walt Disney version. Most Americans do. Um, And you may know the original Grimm version, but there's also some other versions out there. And I don't know... It, I didn't see too much, but I'd be curious to know if these other versions take their main inspiration from the original Grimm Brothers, or if this is like one of those just stories that kind of just permeates and that you nobody really knows where it came from. Because in some countries, Snow White takes refuge with robbers and not dwarves, or she goes to stay in a haunted castle slash house by the seashore instead of the house in the woods. And in other versions, she's also poisoned by stockings or flowers. And some versions, she doesn't actually have an evil stepmother, but evil stepsisters. And that's like, there's an Italian version that has that. And honestly, there's a lot of variations. And I'm not going to go through them all because some of them got real intense and like specific. But basically, the premise of this story is timeless. And countries and cultures around the world, you know, have their own version. And now... For the end, I have a, f- a few fun facts um, about the Snow White movie that I haven't mentioned so far. So I thought this one was interesting. <laughs> it is the highest grossing animation ever 
even adjusted for inflation. It beats out movies like Ooh. Frozen, The Lion King. When it was released, it made what is in today's money almost $2 billion. Damn. Which, I did not know that. Um, so, also, Snow White is the youngest of the Disney princesses. I think I knew that. But, mm-hmm. in the movie, she's only supposed to be 14 years old. But in the original fairy tale, she's supposed to be seven years old. And, mm-hmm. yes, she does still get married in the end. I have no idea how old the prince is supposed to be. Um, but, you know, seven-year-olds shouldn't be getting married. I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and say that. You know, hot take. That's a, that's a hot take. Now, uh, my next fun fact, Sydney ruined... Um, Sorry. <laughs> I Listen, I like when I have a fun fact and I can share. Did I know that that was a fun fact you had? No, because yeah. frankly, you don't have fun facts normally, Taylor, but I appreciate you for bringing them to the table today. You're welcome. So, yes, the actress that voiced Snow White could never play another character again, and she didn't. And, actually, they wanted to put out a sequel so after this first movie, you know, Snow White came out and it was such a huge success, they wanted to put out a sequel, but that never happened. And I'm just curious, what would that sequel have been like? I feel like it would have been boring because at that point they mm-hmm. would have had to, I mean, they would have had to make up the whole story. Um, and, you know, I'm not saying Walt Disney is not good at creating stories, but like, how many, how many stories do we really think he created from scratch? I don't know. Um, but yeah. He definitely took a lot of things from fairy tales. But yeah, I don't know how exciting it would be to have a sequel. Yeah, because what's going to happen? What's going to happen? She's just going to eat a a poison pear? Just other, like, poison fruits? You know, I think it was good that we left it. I think it was good that we left it as it was. So, that is Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. And a little bit of background about it that you may or may not care about. Um, so, yeah. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Sorry I ruined, I'm sorry I ruined your fun fact. It's hopefully, okay. I Hopefully you can ruin some facts about my next story. Okay. Um, I'll try. All right. Well, let me tell you what it is. It's The Little Red Riding Hood. Do, you ever heard of her? No. Do you have any fun, you have any fun facts about her that you want to just go ahead and say before we get started um no i'll let you do it i don't want to steal your thunder all right i appreciate that um i can't say that i would do the same but clearly you did grateful (laughs) 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 all right so in order to do some of my research i got out my grim's fairy tale book and i of course read little red riding hood the story and so that is my first source I also oh. used Wikipedia. No one's surprised. I also forgot to say in mine, as if it wasn't clear enough, I also used the Grimm's Fairy Tales book and the Snow White movie as sources. That's good. We were this close to getting sued. Whew. I don't want the Grimm brothers to come after me. Truly. I know. <laughs> if they're listening, please don't do it. Please. I also used HistoryHit.com and VintageNews.com. Alright. So, a bit of background. Little Red Riding Hood is a European fairy tale with origins traced back to several pre-17th century European folk tales. Two of the best versions were written by Charles Perrault 
and of course the Grimm's brothers or the I almost said the Grimm's fairy tales but it's it's the brothers Grimm's so the story goes in case you're unfamiliar with it this is of course the Grimm's fairy tales I'm not going to give you the um the pretty kind of polished you know protect your kids story (laughs) I'm gonna tell you the real (laughs) stuff okay I'm here for the trauma same there once was a young maiden who belo- uh, who was beloved by everyone in her village. Her grandmother made her a red velvet hood that quickly became, like, the girl's favorite thing to wear. She wore it everywhere. And soon, people noticed this, and they began to call her Little Red Riding Hood. One day, Little Red's mother sent her with a basket of cakes and wine to bring to her mother, who grandmother, who was ill. And her grandmother lived just outside the village where Little Red and her family lived, just in the woods outside. So it was about a, a half-hour journey. So the little girl began her walk and was quickly approached by Wolf, who asked where she was going. And Little Red replied, to my grandmother's house to give her these cakes. She's ill, and these will help her get better. Then the wolf asked, well, where does your grandmother live? And so Little Red told him. Red flag. <laughs> red flag. Don't tell nobody where you live. They don't need to know. They don't need to know. Especially a wolf in the woods? Either. Hell no. Mm-mm. Maybe a wolf, like, on the sidewalk, but not definitely not in the woods. No, definitely not. <laughs> don't answer the door. Don't let, don't let nobody know where you live. Don't answer the door. Mm-mm. Not even an Amazon person. I don't answer the door for nobody. I had, I had two people come by my house trying to knock on the door yesterday and today. I'm like, what the heck do y'all want? I ain't answering mm. that door. If you need me, leave a note with your phone number on it. Yeah. See? I ain't answering that door. If, don't answer. It could be somebody saying that they're going to sell you a vacuum and they just murder you instead. And then they suck up your body. So Look, no my grandma knows. let them vacuum people in one time. Bought a vacuum from them. Nobody knew they was even up there. And then we learned, a few, like, the same company a few weeks later, we learned that they had actually murdered somebody in a town nearby right around the time. Damn it. I don't know if it was them people, but it was somebody with their company. Mm. So, yeah, be careful Mm-mm. don't little men. Nah, just order your vacuums online. That's what I did. Then, the wolf left Little Red to continue on her journey, and he headed to the grandmother's house. He entered the old woman's cottage and gobbled her up. Oh. Oh, did I scare you? (laughs) I'm scared. Maybe. (laughs) Then, then he gets dressed in grandma's clothing, which Mm -hmm. I, you know, we've all seen, you know, cute little nightgown, little bonnet. Mm -hmm. And he gets, he gets into her bed and waits for little Red to arrive. And when she does, he lures her to the bedside. Although she's hesitant, he, she notes that. What big eyes you have, grandmother. And of course, the wolf, you all know, he has, it, you know, an excuse, the better to see you with. What mm-hmm. big ears you have, the better to hear you with. And then he, she says, well, what big teeth you have. And he says, the better to eat you with. And then he eats no. the little girl just like he did the grandmother. No. How is he still hungry? Mm. And in some <laughs> versions, that's how it ends. But in the Grimm's fairy tale version, unbeknownst to the wolf... A huntsman is in the area, and he hears this whole altercation. 
So he enters the cottage and cuts open the wolf's stomach, freeing little, yeah, freeing little Red and her grandmother, who, you know, shockingly are alive. I guess he just didn't even chew. He just swallowed whole. Jonah in the belly of a whale. Mm-hmm. Then little Red grabbed stones, filled the wolf's stomach with them, and this made the wolf so heavy he couldn't move. He fell to the ground and died. Hmm. Then, a week later, another wolf approached little Red and tried to lure her, just like the one had before. However, this time, little Red is much wiser and stays on her course to her grandmother. So, mm-hmm. that's the story. I didn't really know the, the last little part about, you know, other wolves, but it makes sense because, you know, I feel like the whole point of the story is to be like, don't talk to strangers. Yeah. But. Yeah, don't talk to strangers. You learned your lesson once. Don't make the same mistake again. Mm-hmm. Now, originally Little Red was simply eaten by a wolf. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because of, you know, her being very naive. Uh and this was to warn young women not to talk to strangers, as I mentioned before. Mm-hmm. And, however, many other versions have a more explicit sexual reference. Mm-hmm. And uh, linguists and historians think the original inclusion of these themes was a reflection of medieval society in which these folk tales were originated you know when the Grimm's kind of like it grew in popularity uh as far as these stories and obviously it was a more brutal time if you've been to medieval times you know they were jousting there was no forks you had to eat with your hands it was just madness Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. then in the italian version which is called la finta nona uh or the false grandmother an ogre replaces the wolf and like you know impersonates the grandmother and little red is deceived into eating and drinking her grandmother's body and then jumps into bed with the beast who then eats her which this i thought was interesting because other than shrek i didn't know that ogres (laughs) was an actual thing in fairy tales like I know that Shrek Shrek lives in fairy tale land. Yeah, I didn't. I de- I'd never actually read a story with an ogre, so I thought that was interesting. I don't know if I have either. I can't think of an mm-hmm. ogre other than Shrek. So yeah, I thought it was just something that you know, DreamWorks made up. But <laughs> evidently not. Evidently not. They did a little bit of research. Good on them. Yeah, good for them. And early variations of the tale differ from obviously the more popular Grimm's version and the antagonist is not always a wolf obviously sometimes it's an ogre sometimes it's a werewolf or even another animal mm-hmm. and the story displays many similarities to stories from classical Greece and Rome and the story is compared to a local legend in which each year a virgin girl was offered to a malevolent spirit dressed in the skin of a wolf and then is raped by said spirit. Oh. And then one year, the boxer Othmos came along, killed the spirit, and married the girl who was supposed to be sacrificed. Very similar to, you know, the wolf. And then I'm assuming that Othmos is like the huntsman. 
Mm-hmm. But, you know, it doesn't stop there. Like Cinderella, it's got kind of, it's to- retold multiple times throughout, mm-hmm. you know, several centuries. And in Northern African tradition, a little girl who visits her granddad to his cabin is recognized by the sound of her bracelets, which is very similar to Little Red and her hood. Now, Taylor, I know you said that you weren't going to spoil or steal my thunder, but you did without knowing it. Because the theme of someone being released from a creature's belly unharmed has the same general theme as jonah and the whale from the bible yes uh actually i saw a video today of two ladies who were kayaking and got swallowed up by a whale and then the whale spit them out so yep i have seen that and um it unleashed a a fear that i didn't know i had yeah i didn't know i had it either i mean i've read the bible uh, but i you know i didn't think that was actually gonna happen in real life Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I never would have thought. I mean, I know that, like, Shamu, he'd be gobbling people up, but I just yep. figured if I stayed <laughs> clear of, you know, certain parts of Orlando, I'd be fine. Yeah. yeah. See him out walking the streets, trying to make mm-hmm. a book. He's going to dance, doing a little shimmy. He's going to be at the outlet malls. He's going to get me there. <laughs> but... A Taiwanese story from the 16th century follows two sisters when the girl's mother leaves them. A tigress comes to the girl's house and pretends to be their aunt asking to come in. And one of the girls notices that, you know, the tigress's voice doesn't really sound like her aunt's. And so the tigress attempts to, like, disguise her voice. And then she notices that, you know... Does this, these hands look too rough to be my aunt's? And the tigress attempts mm-hmm. to make her paws smoother, very similar to the wolf dressed as grandma. And when the tigress eventually gains entry to the home, she ends up eating the sister's hand. Great. Yeah, great. Not sure why it's just the hand, yeah. but I felt like I should, I should mention that because I don't know if there's some... Some symbolism to that. I don't know. Yeah, that's weird. Never heard that one. Mm-hmm. And uh, aside from the, you know, the different retellings, often scholars try to interpret uh, what, what these stories could mean. So it's often been interpreted as a puberty story. So mm-hmm. a girl leaving home is transformed into an adult through the act of coming out of the wolf's stomach. Oh, I don't know about, <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know about that. I guess I ain't an adult. I guess I ain't either. I ain't never come out of a wolf's stomach. I've never, I've never you know, was. I've never come face to face with a talking wolf. So I really wouldn't know what to do. Mm-mm. I have not. At least I don't think. If if I did, he wasn't talking, so he was he's being very very sneaky. Yeah, yeah. Now, while our good old Freudian analysis shows how fairy tales educate, support, and liberate children's emotions, the huntsman cuts open the wolf, shows the quote rebirth of the girl who foolishly listened to the wolf and has been reborn as a new person. 
Uh, okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. Let me know how you feel about that. Um, I guess if you want to be reborn, you do have to get um, swallowed whole by a wolf and then C-sectioned <laughs> out. <laughs> I just don't buy it, you know. The older I get, um, and I think about what we used to have to do in, like, English class, um, you know, back in the day. I'm sorry. Some of the stuff that people get out of stories such as these fairies tales, it's just not there. I just don't think the the Brothers Grimm cared to put that much deep thought into it. I think they just thought they was writing a good story and trying to make a book. Um that mm-hmm. the person whoever the heck wrote Beowulf I'm sorry Beowulf sucks it's not good mm-hmm. and, there's nothing to and it and I also don't like Grendel I don't like the fact that we had to read both the first one was bad enough like it don't make sense it's, it was yeah it's not good like the, like some stuff yeah it has meaning like poems and stuff like that certain poems I think Shakespeare you know it's got some underlying stuff too but like some stuff just it just don't and you can't you can't pull nothing out of it as much as people try. Mm. Absolutely. Sometimes I'm like, no, this, it, this is just what it has said. It's not my fault that they lived in you know the 1300s where all the words sound funny. Sometimes <laughs> they're just telling you what happened. There is no underlined meaning. Damn it. Yeah, it'd be like if I wrote a book today or. You know, if somebody wrote a book based on the way you talk, which is how, like, a lot of these stories were written, you know, I talk kind of funny. If somebody wrote it down, they'd have all my, you know, southern accent stuff in there, and then years and years from now, they might be like, what do you think she meant when she said, ain't no way that happened? That's not correct English. There must have been something she was trying to portray with that phrase. No. She was just, she was just trying to say it didn't happen. Impossible. Yeah. I don't know. If we have any English majors out here who really are upset by what we said, let us know why. um, Or if we're right. (laughs) Please write us a very detailed Mm -hmm. essay. Um, Make sure to include an annotated bibliography and Mm -hmm. um, we'll get back to you in four to five business days. Yes. We won't take anything less. Yeah, and you know what? We, we we're not going to work on the weekends. We're just not. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not working past five. Mm-mm, I ain't working past not. the school day. Three o'clock. Mm-mm. I'm out. <laughs> I got to. I got bedtime. I got bedtime. Got things to do. Nah. Now, if when you read Little Red Riding Hood, you get you know kind of an uneasy interaction between the wolf and little red well you're not alone a sexual analysis of the tale includes negative connotations in terms of rape or abduction retelling of the story however can vary from interpretation depending on the retailer so typically female artists tend to reflect a stereotypical aggressive male role as the wolf and with red being a bit more independent and quick-witted you know she's not going to be fooled mm-hmm. by the wolf while a male artist is more likely to eroticize the characters yeah i don't like that Mm -mm. but i felt like i needed to mention it because a lot of times yeah uh it is mentioned and you know what i do kind of get that kind of creepy vibe if you've ever watched into the woods Uh i was about to say that 
is kind of you know kind of suggestive you know yeah that's when i first heard about that it could be like more suggestive because who plays into the woods the movie johnny depp plays the wolf right yes so yeah i do remember that and i remember people talking about how like some versions the wolf was more like like a creepster like trying to seduce her or something um yeah they actually had to do in that film they had to do recasting because they initially wanted what's her name Sophia Grace, as you know, who used to sing the little um, Nicki Minaj songs. She's like a little girl dressed like a fairy. Oh, I'm gonna have to look. Sophia her up. Grace I'm and sure I've seen her. Yeah, they originally wanted her for the fairy tale, but then they were like, "No, she's just. I mean, we're still gonna keep a child, but yeah. we're not gonna do an eight an eight year old. We're gonna do a thirteen year old. So it's not too too creepy, but still creepy." Yeah. Also, I feel like Little Red Riding Hood, I mean, maybe it is because I watched Into the Woods, but I feel like she does give a vibe of more, more of like a, almost like a teen, a tween vibe mm-hmm. rather than like a young child vibe. Yeah. Also, uh, there's a song by Sam the Sham and the Pharaohs called mm-hmm. Little Red Riding Hood, and it is on my Halloween playlist if you want check me out on spotify oh, uh, yeah. but that has a very kind of creepy you know kind of old man hitting on a little girl vibe mm-hmm. uh, which is also what gets me and then there is the 2011 version of red riding hood which stars amanda seyfried from mean girls and while that isn't necessarily like super creepy mm-hmm. as far as like because maybe she's like a teenager or a young 20s it is very sexualized so people love i think maybe because she's wearing red and it's sassy yeah i never watched that uh it was all right now my favorite retelling of little red riding hood would have to be hoodwinked if you've ever seen it <laughs> it's good it's a little animated movie i highly recommend it has anne hathaway in it it's got a couple of other people that are famous like andy dick uh, it's it does have a few songs. It's got a singing goat in it. I recommend. It was you know a low budget. I, I don't remember if it was in theater. It definitely I I remember having it on DVD in the third grade. Oh yeah, uh, people liked Hoodwink. I don't Hoodwinked. I think I don't know if I've ever sat down and watched the full thing. I feel like I've definitely watched parts of it. Probably you know like at school when they're trying to play a movie or something. Um, but you know I th- I think people like it. Yeah, I like it. Uh, it was, out of all the versions, I would recommend that for if you're trying to, you know, watch it Laura Ryan Hood. Not very grim-like, mm-hmm. um, but still very good nonetheless. Um, but yeah, that is the history, fairly troubled history of Laura Riding Hood and how it kind of has been around for centuries. Well, thank you for that. Um, I don't how I feel about Little Red Riding Hood. I kind of want to go read the story in my book now, just to see the original version. Like, see if I can get some of that uh, deeper meaning out of it, like all these people. I just don't know. I really would like to know if there is some weird underlying message the Grimm Brothers were trying to get out of it. I'm going to say I don't think there was, because there's so many stories in that collection there's no way they had some deep meaningful something to like all the stories or even a majority of them 
No, I mean, I think all of them have like a like a parable where yeah, they're trying to teach you something. But I think when I read it, at least it was just don't talk to strangers. If someone asks you where you're going, yeah. don't tell them. Don't don't tell them where your grandma lives. But yeah, it's like I don't a think simple. That yeah, it's like a simple mm-hmm. story. Like if I was gonna get a, uh, let's say a, what is it? Like a lesson out of Snow White, it would be you know like. I don't know. Don't think that you know you got to be the prettiest one and then go out and try to hurt people, you know, because it's gonna mm-hmm. come back to you and you're gonna end up having to dance in hot iron shoes mm. and die. So be nice. Yeah, that would suck. Be nice. Be nice. But, yeah. yeah. But uh, do we have a theme for next week? No, but as you were talking, I I mulled over potential themes, so we'll just, we'll shop it right on air. I was thinking, what about something, you know, this week was kind of a light week, I feel like. What if we did something like, Mm -hmm. have we done this? Medieval torture. Oh, I like it. Okay. Say less. Say less. Okay. That's what we're gonna do. You know, it's still, it's still, it's kind of a, it's kind of a vibe. Like, we did the fairy tales you know, and now we're just going to go the opposite way and, and go way back in the day again, but do the, you know, the horrible part mm. of back then. Yeah, so you could see maybe, uh, you know, we told you the stories that the children of the medieval were listening to. Mm-hmm. Um, let's tell you about what the, what the adults were doing, what the parents were doing <laughs> on date night. Yeah. So, yeah, come back next week for medieval torture. Um, it... You know, it should be very interesting. I'm interested just in the crazy methods that they could come up with because who, who, who thinks who thinks of that? Um, but yeah, I really couldn't say. Um, I've definitely been to Medieval Times, the dinner show, and I I did pay the three dollars to go into the hallway that had all the medieval torture stuff. So, mm-hmm. I think wow. we're all interested in it. Oh, oh, yeah, we definitely are. Everybody is. Um, so follow us on Instagram. Join our Facebook group. Uh, you can email us at this is gonna sound weird at gmail.com. You, you can follow us on Twitter if you want to. Um, we don't really do much on there. You can also follow us on TikTok. Uh, anything else? Um, I think that's it. Other than stay weird. Goodbye. Goodbye.